Linux Games Podcast. The best Linux games, the best games available for the uh, GNU slash Linux operating system via the mechanism and distribution network known as Steam. Brought to you by Valve. After 700,000 years, the Steam has come to Linux, and beyond that, it has come to Linux in the form of the egalitarian Linux-like platform, Steam, an open marketplace in which everyone, total meritocracy, everyone, regardless of size, amount of money, regardless of amount of developers, and prospective sales, if you have a game, and it is good, then get time and it will thrive, and you will be rewarded. Gentlemen, it's Saturday, and that means it's time for one thing. It's time for the podcast where the quality goes in before the name goes on. You're listening to the Best Linux Games Podcast, a companion piece to the uh, Steam group of the same name. Find us on Steam, you know, uh, join us on Steam, and friend me on Steam. My name is Scooky Sprite. I am your host. In case this is your first time here, uh, the ground rules for everything that we do are very simple. We have news, we have the latest titles that we are interested in, of course, features, you know, like kind of in-depth looks or reviews, and then we have, of course, everyone's favorite, the deals, uh, the best games that you can buy for as cheap as possible. If you join us on the group, our recommendations are curated with the sole criteria of It must run on Linux, and it must be really good. These are recommendations only, of course. Uh, not complete reviews, which generally will follow, um, especially once they get some other mofos on this show. And as always, the content that awaits you ahead may not be appropriate for members of all species, races, genders, classes, creeds, and especially might not be age or work appropriate. So, it begins. Let's get the next game on, bitches! Hello and welcome to episode number 373 of the Best Solutions Podcast! Being recorded for you on this, uh, well, early Saturday morning, uh, December 18th, 2021, at uh, 47 minutes after midnight. Then make it for our sequel friends, 2021, 12, uh, 18. Yeah. Uh, crack engineer, I have Wormelina over there in the booth. See, I don't know if I've ever mentioned this, but everyone in the world who was alive. who was alive and of a certain age about 15 years ago remembers this day I sure as fuck do it was the worst day of my life actually it was the worst day of my life worse than the day my father died 
But anyway, I'm not going to dwell on that. I'm going to power through that. This is a horrible anniversary. It is a horrible anniversary every year. You know how you can feel? Like sometimes like you find yourself getting depressed during a certain period of the year and you wonder why and it's year after year and and it takes you a couple of days and you oh, I know why. Yeah. I remember I remember 2008. Anyway, moving on. We have a very straightforward show for you this week. Uh, it's a good show. I think. I hope. Uh, so let's get straight to our top stories. By the way, Crack Engineer, Ivor Molina, over there in the booth. Ivor, I love it. You've been with me. Oh, man, you've been with me for a while. Cheers, Ivor. You're fired. It's a good idea with the whiskey sign, though. Mmm. Yeah, you're fired. That would make it for a sequel, friends. I don't know if I already did this. Uh, I'm sorry, I got, I got kind of lost in the misty haze of despair, nostalgia, and misery. Um, that would make it for our sequel, friends. Uh, 2021, the keepers of the one true time and date format. 2021, 12, 18, almost one o'clock in the morning. Left coast, Pacific coast, coast the most. Um, anyway, so straight to our top stories. Uh, <coughs> this will again ideally be about a 30 minute long episode. Hey, Ivor, you fucker! No, don't. No, Ivor, you're a zombie. Ivor is trying to eat all of this arsenic that I had stored for the. Christmas pageant. Uh, Ivor, no! It's not gonna do anything for you! Anyway, hit the brick, shipper! Get the... Pack up your shit, get the fuck out! So, straight to our top stories. I hope that you and yours are having a very pleasant holiday season. Unfortunately, I do have to... I feel it is beholden. It's incumbent upon everyone. Omicron is a real thing. It is three times more contagious than Delta and Delta was so it's like it's like somewhere between it's very much more contagious. Three times more contagious by the way. There's between one and two is huge. It's what us humans call double. Anything that's Double, like, I still like imagine, like, you know, you hit someone in the face. Well, what if you hit someone in the face at one damage level and then you hit them in the face again at another damage level, but the second time it's times two? That's significantly bigger. Times three is also bigger, but not as big a difference as the difference between one and two, but two and three is very bad. It is more infectious. 
is three times more infectious than Delta. If you're vaccinated and you're boosted, then that's great. If you're not boosted, go get boosted. And if you're not vaccinated, it's time. And in fact, it's 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 late. You're late to the party. Go get vaccinated and then, you know, in I guess February would be when you would when you would be eligible for a boost. Get boosted. Um Yeah. Shit looks bad. Shit looks rough if you're not vaccinated. That's really all I had to say about that, but it's important that we say it. Two. Before we get to the entire purpose of this week's show, well, we have we have two things that we want to talk about in terms of this week's show. Oh shit. Ivor, you're fired. Why is everything going out of control? Steam. Open. We have two... Oh, God. I'm sorry. Um, We have two games that we're going to talk about in this week's show. One is our feature. The other is a game that we kind of glossed over a couple of weeks ago that we're going to call a new and noteworthy even though it will be the first new and noteworthy that we had mentioned on the show previously and we're going to mention it as a new and noteworthy again. It'll help pad out the last show. Oh, uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. Oh, I'm not kidding. It, it, we're, it really will. But no. Kick uh, ass show. But before we get to any of that, couple of weird things that are going to happen this year that have not happened in other years that we've been doing the show. This year, next show will be recorded and aired on Thursday, December 23rd, the night before Christmas Eve. The show after that show will be also on a Thursday. It will be on the 30th of this month. This will let me have my own New Year's Eve and Christmas Eve despair times that I require in order to recharge the hopelessness ray that I beam into your brains every week. Now then, in terms of this show, we have two games that we're going to talk about. One game we're going to review. And the game that we're going to review is Fights in Tight Spaces. And Ivor based them with the new and noteworthy. I can't believe we're going to be this lazy with the new and noteworthy. But it's worth it because you'll see why. We spent 10 minutes talking about this this new and noteworthy game. Which is $12. It's $11.99. And it's super fun. And if you're looking for Christmas Carnage, then here you go. Face him with it, Ivor. I was a North American fall when worm in my former life. Here are the newest and most noteworthy titles from this week. 
So our new and noteworthy game this week is called War Pips. W-A-R-P-I-P-S. That would be, uh, oh shit, Wilco, uh, not Wilco, uh, Whiskey, Alpha, uh, Romeo, Papa, India, Papa, Sierra. All one word. War Pips is a game that I kind of thought was just kind of a throwaway game. It's actually really better. It's still in early access. But War Pips is great if you, like I, are incredibly stoned a lot when you play video games. War Pips is, I described it, I think this is probably the best way to describe it, and I wish that their their store literature described it as such, because I've had some time to play it. I've I've got like five hours in the game now. Mm. War Pips is a tower offense game, but without the towers. You can only control what you spawn and what you upgrade and the slots that you're able to spawn during a round, all of which are procedurally generated, and after you spawn a unit, they go and they do their thing, and they have artificial intelligence in this pixel trash kind of way. They have this very good primitive AI. You can upgrade in a single in a single battle, you can upgrade your pips two times across two tiers. These require battle medallions or whatever, and those are earned from your kills. Your cumulative kills give you battle medals, I guess, is what they're called. You can use these in one of three ways. You can use them to, you can instantly convert them to cash, convert one to cash, or as many as you want into cash, immediate cash. Each unit that you have deployed with costs cash to deploy on the battlefield. The other way you can use them is to upgrade UPGRADE! She's Welsh, baby! She's Welsh! Uh, You can upgrade your every unit that you deploy henceforth, but it takes four medallions, four medals, to get to the first tier of upgrade, which makes you like a sergeant upgrade, and then it takes six more upgrades to really, to max out your upgrades, and that applies to all the units that you deployed. The other way you can use the medals it, apart from instant cash and upgrading the quality of your units, which have very specific implications that are per unit. You'll, we'll get to that in a moment. Mm. The third way is the third way you can use them is to increase the size of your army, give you another slot. After that, you have to, you know, you de- you 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 pay cash to spawn an individual unit which is totally autonomous of your control 
generally. There are some special units and some special things like missiles and guided missiles and uh, kamikaze drones and shit that you can individually target. Also, there are some specific units that you can place that, but all these cost cash. The game is basically a tug of war. On the left side of the screen is your team. On the right side of the screen is the computer's team. You want to blow up the computer's base by breaking through all of their defenses and etc. This is... It sounds incredibly stupid. It is unbelievably fun and incredibly addictive. Especially if you, like me, hate strategy games and have no capacity to deal with strategy. Um, this game is like the ultimate for 12 bucks, it's I wow, it is really good. And it's still in early access. And I really wanted to mention this before Christmas so that everyone because I imagine that there will be a winter sale, maybe and we will not be covering it this year in fact, all of our coverage is going to be different this year and War Pips is a game that I really wanted to to peg speaking of which I should have mentioned this in our top stories but whatever next week our review, we will be doing a review next week, another review episode and we will be reviewing Chorus but that's next week this week we are reviewing Fights in Tight Fights in Tight Places which I'm going to try to stutter my way through, evidently I am whiskified but in between those two things I really wanted to get out War Pips is a very good game because well we'll save that for a review of War Pips for later in February but go check out War Pips War Pips is a game that needs to have a free demo because once you get addicted to it, you will get addicted to it, and once you get addicted to it, you will f- you'll you'll flip. It's great. Like once you can start rolling through the war pips, where you're like doing, where you're completing a battle every like three minutes. These are all against the computer. It'd be cool if there was a two-player mode, like where you could fight against another person, but that's you know, blah. The bottom line about War Pips is it's easy mechanics with deep fucking rule book. Uh, and it, it's so cool. It's so cool. You will love War Pips. In fact, I guarantee that even if you hate anything that you see when you go and look at like the War Pips page, if you buy War Pips, that you will love War Pips. Even in early access, it's really good. Now, Ivor, base them with the review because we have one man against the world. That's that's what we got this week. It's just 
Mr. Fisty, Mr. Fisty's sister, Mr. Sister Fister, and then uh, our left foot, which is called our left foot. In accordance with the laws and regulations regarding the internet within your local jurisdiction, Best Linux Games Podcast now presents you with a dose of clap. Just kidding, motherfuckers. It's review time. Alright, so it's time for one man against the world. Now, I don't know about you, I'm not going to tell you anything about this movie, but I saw I pirated and watched a couple weeks ago the last James Bond movie with uh, Daniel Craig, uh, No Time to Die or whatever. I thought it was pretty good. It did leave me very sad, but that's a different story and I won't tell you why. One of the signature things about the Daniel Craig era of James Bond movies and by which I mean specifically Casino Royale which was maybe the best Bond movie ever. (laughs) It's was how Bond ends up in these tiny, tight spaces fighting against numerous opponents and dynamically either, you know, manages to turn the tables by using either the geography or an opponent's weakness or technique to exploit both of the above. It's fights in tight places. And that is what the name of our game is. It's called Fights in Tight Places. I have spent a lot of time. I've not beaten the game. Because I, I basically only play in uh, in one of the harder game modes. But I have spent 34 hours playing Fights in Tight Fights in Tight spaces. We'll call it fights from now on. Just so I don't have to blah. We'll save us some time. Fights in tight places oh shit I meant fights. Fights in tight places is a cross between faster than light and a deck building game where you take on the role of Agent Eleven, and Agent Eleven is sent on a series of covert missions. Each mission is a big sequence of individual fight sequences that occur in small spaces. It's a turn-based strategic tactical roguelike wherein depending on your degree of desire for control over your deck which can be plus or 
give me a plus or a minus. You can use a stock deck and fucking go to town. And as you complete each individual segment of these, and you have, you have branching choices inside of each mission, but with health that is carried over in between each individual unit of fight that you have to go through, each of which rewards you with a new card. The genius of the... uh, Okay, I'm not explaining this right. How... I have a word in my notes. Hang on. Oh, here they are. Okay, so Fights in Tight Spaces is this. If you start in draft mode, you get to pick your own cards, but you only have a choice of three cards. You can pick 14 cards. Now, what do these cards do? These cards control everything that Agent 11 can do during a turn. What is a turn? A turn is generally three momentum points, which are action points. You have three of these at the start. You have whatever combo you have, combo points that you have since uh, your last turn. Combo points are reduced by moving by one tile. More tiles you move, the more combo points you lose. You gain combo points by hitting people and attacking people without moving. That's the simple way of looking at it. When you fight a gang of five ninjas in a room that is actually, uh, like, actually, uh, generally, normally, if you're going to fight five ninjas, that would be in a, uh, a subway train that's moving. There's like 12 to 14 whatever spaces that are possible for anyone to move to. And you can't move magically. You have to move contiguously. Moving, depending on what type of card you're playing, costs a point. There are buffs for cards where you can upgrade cards at the gym in between there's like you know numerous gyms or clinics clinics restore health gyms allow you to buff cards buy new cards and discard to burn cards from your deck but anyway you start with 14 cards let me walk you through a traditional turn like the first turn that you'll ever go through in fights in tight plate fights in tight places bam you're in a bathroom it's a 3 by 3 by it's a 3 by 3 so there's nine possible spaces there's one door which is open and if you knock anyone through that door they're out they're they're done they're dead not everything has a knockback effect genius of fights in tight places, fights in tight spaces, is that there you are and there are two guys one guy to your left, one guy behind you and they're both going to attack you at the start of the next turn and they're both going to hit you you have five cards that are randomly drawn from your deck 
generally one of them is always going to be a movement card. There's always going to be a movement card, actually, almost always. Unless you're playing on classic and you f- and draft mode and you fuck up your deck. But anyway. These two guys are both going to hit you when you end your turn if you stay in your same position. So, you look at your cards that you have drawn for your hand. Top right of each card shows you how many momentum points each each card will cost to play. Some of them can be movement cards. Some of them can be attack cards. Both of these guys that are attacking you have 20 health. This all happens in a cell-shaded um full motion video retard not full motion video uh FMV recapped uh mocapped retargeted uh cell shaded silhouette kind of way so you have like this awesome black tie all the animations look great generally speaking even blah let's say you have counter and dodge let's say you have two dodges. So you play both dodges. Then you play the counter. That's each one of them costing one momentum point. Then you end your turn. Guy on your left attacks you. You dodge him. No damage. You get no damage. Then you counter and you punch him in the throat for 10 damage. So now he has 10. 10 health. The other guy in the same turn, then now it's his turn, he attacks you. You dodge. No damage. You counter. You take off half of his health. Now, let's do the same scenario again. By the way, the best way to visualize this is like to imagine like a T and at the T of two, at the 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 tip of the the long uh, of the uh, of the uh, in Cartesian coordinates, you're in the middle. <laughs> okay, there you go. And there's one guy to your left and one guy along one guy behind you. They're all in adjacent. They're all all squares are adjacent to you. Let's redo this scenario. Let's say you have no movement cards. Let's say you have no let's say you have I mean, I'm sorry, let's say you have no dodge cards or whatever. The reason why dodge cards and counter cards and block cards are important and why movement cards are important is that your damage, the, you only have 40 out of 40 health. And it's contiguous across the entire mission. All the fights inside of the mission. So there are ways to increase your health and to restore your health. But you have to fight. The best way to fight is to not get hurt. So let's let's redraw everything. So you got a guy to your left and a guy behind you. Each one is one space away from you. They are 
all going to hit you on the next turn. They both have 20 health. You have 40 health. You don't want to lose any health. By the time you reach like level, I think, 15, which is where I'm at, I think you have such a plethora of different cards that you can fold into your deck if you do draft mode. That you have the option of like basically, well, what am I going to do? Am I going to kill the guy on the left? So, okay, so you quick strike him for eight damage. Now you have two action points. You're still going to get hit for like 16 damage between these two, the two guys who are attacking you. And so you're like, okay, well, alright, so I'm going to kill the guy on my left. So you hit him for 8. So that's 12. Then you cancel your combo. Let's say this is a card that's in your hand. You cancel your combo and kill him by using a head smash for 12 damage that uses up all of your combo. That's cool. So that guy's dead. That didn't... That used another one of your action points, your momentum points. Now you still have this other guy who's going to hit you. And he's going to hit you hard. 40 points... 40 health points sounds like a lot, but it's not. So, one of the other cards that you have... You know, you've played two cards now, so you have like three cards left. One of them is a movement card. Uh, say it's slip. Slip lets you move to the op to either side of an adjacent enemy. So he will not attack. You won't be in the square where he was attacking. You do that. You're out of action points. You end your turn. Homeboy doesn't attack. Now three more guys drop in from above. That is fights in tight spaces in a nutshell. But the sheer variety and um, eccentricities and subtle nuances that eventually end up stacking into massive fucking advantages as you progress over and over, iterating over and over throughout the game, every time you die, every time you lose, every time you die you die permanently bam, that's the end of your run but it does upgrade your experience points based on the number of people you've killed and etc you unlock different sets of stock cards but eventually every couple of turn, every couple of iterations, every couple of levels, not only do you unlock different sets of stock cards, you unlock whole other universes of cards. So let's go back to that same scenario again. Got a guy to the left of you, a guy behind you. You're in a bathroom. There's a door. This time you draw swap. 
is one of the cards that you have. So you pull the guy to the left of you, you swap spaces with him, so now the guy that was behind you is going to attack the guy who was to the left of you, because he's now occupying the space where you once were. That guy hits him for, well, but we'll get there in a moment. Everyone has, except for you, you have 40 health points, everyone else has 20. So you swap with this guy, which does no damage. Guy is still facing you. Then, then, you throat punch him, which stuns him, and deals four damage. I think four damage. It doesn't matter. So he's got 16 health points, but he's stunned. Then you end your turn. Or, then you you know, you could do whatever else you want. If you wanted to, like, counter this guy, he's not gonna counter, he's not gonna attack you, though, because he's stunned. You've punched him in the fucking throat. His buddy is going to kill him, though. So you end your turn, his buddy kills him. Then, on the beginning of your next turn, two more guys drop in, by the way, but those guys don't matter because now you have a clear line because now you're on the the long the lateral line the uh the uh the x axis and two spaces behind this guy who has 20 health after he killed his best friend is the door so you kick him or you push him you push him first cuz let's say you have a kick and the kick can be used to push back between targets between one and two tiles so you push him first so he's one tile away from the door then you kick him and this kick card actually has a move forward one tile thing so your guy is gonna move one tile forward and kick the guy one tile backwards then you can kick him again with another front kick. Let's say you have another front kick. And you kick him out of the arena. And he's dead. Now it's you and his two other friends. This all sounds very simple. When you get to like flow control, like instant flow, like where every card costs no momentum, or where you get to like certain buffs like if you go into draft mode which I highly recommend I highly recommend playing this game on draft mode with classic plus difficulty because classic plus difficulty gives you rollbacks gives you three rollbacks per fight and then uh, the option to if you lose a fight to either abandon the run or restart that fight. Which is humongous. Because like I, I spent 25 hours playing Classic. Classic means there's no rollbacks. So if you make one mistake during a fight, or if you don't understand a card during a fight, you have to deal with the consequences, and so be it. And if you lose the fight, that's the end of your run. Which is great to learn 
<laughs> to learn the pain. But the genius of fights in tight spaces, the sheer variety of shit you can do in terms of manipulating other people, like pulling them towards you, pushing them, knocking them out, or just straight up fucking pummeling them. Exploiting every advantage you have at every turn that you can. It is faster than light for folks who like Bruce Lee movies. That is the bottom line of fights in tight spaces. And the rule book gets so deep you can do such crazy strategies especially if you do draft mode where you get to have some influence over your deck even if you don't do that mode like if you just play like one of the ready to ready made decks which are like you know balanced um grapple grapple's one of the later ones but uh stabber uh counter guy um aggressive which is like everything is damage basically what I try to do is hybridize I try to synthesize a hybrid deck between when I do draft mode I try to synthesize a hybrid deck but eventually you between aggressive and uh and balanced but then there's other mechanics in the game like bleed and then your enemies have mechanics like this guy will always attack anything that is arrived out of turn on this position. It is very much faster than light for people who like Tai Sung martial arts movies from the fucking 90, 80s and 90s and, you know, present day. Because eventually you will fight bosses and you'll fight guys with all sorts of different abilities like there, there's some guys who can buff all of their other guys with block you will learn how to play a block deck by the way block is great block only lasts until the end only lasts until the start of your next turn unless you have another card that you've played that extends your block for like three more turns You'll only have three action points unless you're playing a deck where you got lucky enough to have uh, chosen as an enhancement plus two movement. So you have five out of five movement instead of three out of three momentum at the start of... There are other buffs to... It is amazingly complicated and the best thing about this game it is never ever ever the same twice and one of the my favorite thing about it is that even if you're playing the shittiest deck in the universe let's say you try to do draft and you just draft a bunch of junk and none of it is what you want and let's say you're stoned maybe or drunk 
And you make bad decisions in the draft. You can still generally figure out a way through every single fight. Through the first three campaigns at least. There's there's five campaigns. I have not beaten the game. I have not beaten the game. Mainly due to ninjas. But what you can do as you level up and unlock cards, which all of which become available every time you win a fight, you get to pick between you get to pick one card out of three cards, or you can burn, you can skip, you can skip, which is great. Because the tighter your deck is, if like you start with like the if you do a draft mode and like you end up with the tightest deck on earth, you don't want any more cards. Because you're going to be a badass. You'll see. Once you've unlocked enough cards and enhancements and stuff like that. But even with the worst, most chingatay to fuck deck ever. 14 cards. Your 14 cards, you pull 5 and all 5 are fucking nasty trash. You can figure out a way to not only beat each individual fight, and this is the great genius of this game. You can not only figure out a way to beat each fight, but generally you can figure out a way to beat each fight without taking damage. It is faster than light for martial arts freaks. One of my favorite things about the game is at the end of a fight, after you win a fight, you can watch a replay of it. And the cel-shaded aspect, not self-shaded, that's overused. It is silhouette shaded. But motion captured or the rigging and animation in it is exceptional. And the fights are so kinetic and fast until you start to really obsess over them. And then you start to obsess over them and then like after, you know, 10 hours of obsessing over them you start to really just go with the flow and you start to really be able to pick out cards that you love that you will always take that you will always grab that you will always upgrade for instance quick strike is one of them quick strike works only one tile away like you have to be adjacent to whoever you're attacking starts out at like 8 damage if you upgrade it which is a very cheap upgrade at the gym it's like 15 and these only last for your run then it all starts all over again but if you upgrade it instead of 8 it's 14 damage most of the guys that you will fight for the first you know for the first cam- first part of the campaign, first uh, when you're doing the biker gang, when you're fighting in bars and stuff like that, most of these guys only have like you know twenty to twenty eight health max. Some of them have shotguns. I love making the one. Of the, that's the other fun thing about the game is repositioning other the the enemies. 
so that they shoot each other and blow each other away and destroy each other and knock each other out of the out of the map. This is infinite. So, for that reason, fights in tight spaces, I literally, I don't know a better way of describing One of my favorite things in the game, so let me talk about some of my favorite cards. Maybe this will give you a better understanding. You're, you're always going to need one movement card per turn. Almost always. Unless you have, unless you're playing a block and counter deck. Block instead of da- incoming damage going to your health, it goes to your block. But if you're fighting five guy, if you're fighting four guys, that's one guy on each side of you. The best thing you can do is slip. Slip lets you move to anything to the tile adjacent to any enemy. So, like, if you imagine, like, you know, you're in the center and there's a guy above you and a guy below you and a guy to the right of you and a guy to the left of you, like in a compass rose kind of thing, all of which is shown in a beautiful white pseudo rotoscoped two thirds isometric, demi isometric um, perspective. All four of those guys are going to attack you once your turn is over. Well, if you slip, all four of those guys are going to attack each other. Especially if one of those guys ends up in the middle of the where you were. Now, let's say you have swap. You can move, literally, immediately move one guy to where you were. And now you're outside of that little death circle. And now you can beat him with impunity, because no one's going to hit you on the next turn, so you punch him in the back of the head, say for 14 points, let's say he has 20, 28 hit points with, you know, fucking 8 armor, doesn't matter, so you take off all of his armor, you end your turn, then the guy on the top hits him for fucking 8 points of damage, so that's 20 damage, that's 20 health that he has left, so the guy on the left hits him for 14 and adds bleeding to him he's gonna die then the last guy finishes him off or let's say you just step out of that little death circle entirely and let them all go at each other some guys will go at each other at ranges but let me tell before we close this week's episode. Let me let me tell you some of my favorite cards. I like Focus Flow, which like makes every card cost negative one. I like... So, like, all cards are free, basically, except for the more advanced cards. I like, um... I like combo cards. I like combo cards that are finishers. Because you're gonna fight bosses. And so one of the things, one of the strategies for fighting bosses is to build up combo by moving as little as possible. Move as intelligently as possible in these very tight spaces. Build up as much combo as possible and then unleash a devastating final combo attack on the boss. We're talking about like the highest amount of damage I've ever inflicted in the game is 
56 points of damage. The most extreme boss I've ever fought in the game has 90 points of health. 56 points of damage is a lot. And you get really good at doing these calculations just free and on the fly. It's a lot like War Pips. It will completely take you away from whatever holiday misery you might be facing. Um, another one of my favorites is uh, Quick Strike, which starts off at 8, but upgrades to 14 and it only costs like, you know, 20 pounds to fucking upgrade it to 14. That is a devastating attack. Another one of my favorites in terms of novelty cards that are like important or can become important all all of these things become a bigger and bigger strategy as you progress because like once you beat one of the campaigns you move directly immediately to the next campaign with your health and everything and you get health buffs for completing certain things in certain times and money buffs for completing certain but anyway so now you're like on to the second campaign which is you're in a prison and the enemies are much tougher and they're much more complicated and have much more complicated strategies but that also makes them more easy to manipulate so one of my favorites is shove and push and quick kick all of which you know help you to manipulate enemies into the positions that you want them to be but all of which cost certain amounts of uh, momentum points my other favorites are uh, I can't remember the name for it but there's a card where the next attack and this card will remain in play until you attack next attack does double damage Another great one is uh, uh, I can't remember what the name of this card is either, but it will retain your block for three turns. So if you're playing a block deck, you need that card because then you can block everything that comes at you. If you're playing a counter deck, I love counters. But they're difficult to pull off successfully because you have to... maintain a single position where you know you're going to be attacked and if you don't want to take any damage you're going to need a dodge card played ahead of it so you play dodge and then counter that way you take no damage there are counter combos there's counter throws I like throwing people a lot I like pushing people a lot I like double jump kicking people two tiles away into the fa- in their faces into the dartboard while Santa weeps standing next to them and doesn't kill them and then Santa kills them after I end my turn I love it when I take guys who are aiming guns at me and I move one square this way and I 
grapple one of them and I move them into another direction. I make them shoot their friend. Then I end my turn. His friend shoots him. The other, there's two guys with pistols. Everything is on a T. Just imagine everything on a T. On a, on a, on a, on a cruciform kind of scale. It is awesome! And you have very limited geography and very limited decisions that you're able to make. The one thing that I wish the game did a better job of was describing so here's how it works. Whatever size deck your deck is, you start with 14 cards. You get dealt 5 cards, maybe 5 plus 1 because maybe you have a movement buff for your entire run that would be a burner movement card so you can move wherever you want if you do that card first and it costs zero action points but it doesn't matter there's all sorts of variety here and it's endless the replayability is endless it is one of the best games it's one of the best games I've played this year and the stylish awesomeness of it, the visual style and the uh, the attention to detail in terms of the deep, 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 deep rule book, which start, walks you in very simply, but then you know, fifteen hours later, like so, at the end of the week, if you play it every day, which you will, you're like, man, I will all these possibilities all these possibilities and they become important they become increasingly important as you progress throughout the, like I've been fighting ninjas lately, that's the third and there's two more beyond that there's two more campaigns beyond that but you have to do them all in sequence it's really really cool so all the upgrades you get from like one campaign during one life, during one run continue on to the next so it's like it's unlike any other game I've ever played and it earns fights in tight spaces earns best links games podcast highest award that we're able to confer upon any individual it wins our worth full price, every price, all prices, any day, every day, all days of the year award because this game is infinite. I mean, you will not get tired of this game. It wins at $24.99. It wins our highest award. Worth full price, any price, any day, every day. And the soundtrack don't worry about getting the OST bundle or whatever. Just play the game enough. You will love the soundtrack. That'll do us for this week. I hope that that was... It's a it's a difficult game to describe, but that is... You know, blah, like, oh, well, stun darts. I can throw a stun dart from... and hit and stun anyone for eight damage if they don't have block. If they are over two... St- two tiles away from me up to nine 
And then once you like learn how to break through windows and stuff, the sheer mechanics, they become malevolent and awesome. And you will truly be one man or one woman against the world. There's Agent 11 and there's Agent 11. Agent, the other Agent 11 wears stilettos. I assume that that's not a guy in drag, but if it's a guy in drag, then God bless him. Because he'll fuck you up. (laughs) Cheers. Merry Christmas. Four or five times. A good idea. Four or five times. Hi there. There is delight in doing things right. Four or five times. It is I, E.B. Farm. Maybe I'll cry. I'll get you a drink. And if I die, I'm gonna try four or five times. Do you like to play? We like to play. I like you. We like to sing. It only runs on Linux. We like to go. Yaddy yaddy oh, four or five times. We're gonna have such fun. Bebop one. You're becoming hysterical. Bebop two. Yes, sir. Thank you, sir. Bebop three. Yaddy yaddy four or five times. Matt Damon. Burn everything incriminating, including this building. Burn all the White House pets and then yourselves. Burn yourselves first. There is no Windows version of weaponized chess. Boy, this is fucking ponderous, man. Ponderous, fucking ponderous. It only runs on Linux. It's not a problem. You alienated part of America. I alienated crazy people. I like it very much. It is I, E.B. Farnham. You're becoming hysterical. I'm here. I'm there. I'm fucking everywhere. I'm the Eggman. The best Linux games podcast is brought to you by Blue Wizard is about to die. Now available for the first time as an ebook on Amazon.com. To subscribe to the podcast using a Linux-based podcatcher like Podracer, or to see our YouTube gameplay videos, please visit www.bestlinuxgames.com. Also, join our Steam community group, Best Linux Games, Friends Cookie Sprite, and follow him on Twitter at VegasWriter. BLGP is also brought to you by the Radio Control Room Project. For details, please visit www.rcrproject.com or rfihc.com. Zig thanks you. For great justice.